Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Confabulation. We are from our sister's house and we are located in the north end of Tacoma. I'm the project coordinator at our sister's house and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Gabe, who is the DV advocate, and Jill, who is our legal advocate. Um, before we get started on today's topic, I just wanted to check on um, check in on everybody and see how they're doing. I'm doing good. The sunshine is pretty refreshing right now, so that's been uplifting my mood. Um, I'm just ready to walk and get out of my cast, so... <laughs> Once once that's done, I'll, my quality of life will be a lot better. Um, they say they're going to keep it on. Yeah. Three weeks. Three weeks. That's um, not too bad. I know. We're, well, it's not too bad here. when you get three weeks and then you got to hop around on one foot trying to cook and clean and do all that. It's, it's not easy. That's true. People out there mean for laughing at Gabe Joy. So I'll clarify but with Gabe would think it was odd if we weren't laughing but one thing that it has like I've got respect for like people with you know disabilities because like going to the grocery store like that was tough like that was difficult and I'm I'm not doing that again but like people that live with this every day you know that are in wheelchairs have to walk in crutches or have you know really bad physical disabilities like that's hard that's tough um so I could never imagine doing that yeah, I feel you. Well, you learn to accommodate. That's another thing. Your body soon learns to accommodate. With Adapt. Them. Adapt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how are you doing? I am doing okay. I don't know what Gabe's talking about. Some sunshine. I see no sunshine anywhere. And <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. But uh, apparently he has sunshine still where he is. So that's good. But I'm still in a good mood. I'm doing great. This has been a good week. I had family over last weekend. Coming in. Um, I have one of my best friends staying with me right now. Um, it's Friday. I mean, okay. You can't can complain. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready for this pregnancy to end. Like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm waiting for like 37 weeks and then I'm going to start begging this baby to come out because I Joy, can't. You're, you're not even that big. I can't sleep. I ha I can only sleep on like one side of my body. If I sleep on my back, my legs go numb. Oh, if God. I sleep on my right side, I get acid reflux. Like I could only sleep on my left side of my body and you should buy a wedge a yeah. wedge pillow wedge. i have a pregnancy pillow no the wedge pillow is better because it it elevates at a certain level your legs at a certain level and then your your side won't get numb i'll try that i'll look for yeah. one yeah i'll look for one yeah um so this week uh we should get into our topic of forgiveness and we got how did we get um come across this topic because one of our our colleagues was talking about they had talked about forgiveness and how it affects people and how people do forgiveness and we we were really like you know that's an interesting topic how does that work with people in certain yeah. situations 
And I think it's it's interesting, especially since we work with a lot of um, domestic violence clients. Like, how do you get in that headspace of forgiveness? Do your does your um, abuser deserve forgiveness? Because a lot of people are like, you when you give forgiveness, you give it, you do it for yourself. Do you guys think that's true? No. <laughs> Just gonna be straight up with that one. I don't. I don't think of forgiveness in those terms, you know, I, you know, with my abuser, I didn't think about forgiving him or not forgiving him. It was just like, you're the father of my kids. So you're going to be in my life for the rest of my life. So I have to find a way to deal with you and have a relationship with you in forgiveness, never entered into it. And for other people who do me wrong, if you're not, if I don't have to have you in my life, then yeah, you're just not in my life and you get kicked to the curb, whether I forgive you or not, forgiveness isn't, you're just out of my life. You're, you're persona non grata. So, <laughs> you know, I just, it's not a, I've never, I've never thought of about forgiveness in those terms. It's not like, oh, I have to forgive you so I can forgive myself. And so that you know, I can move on with my life. I've moved on with my life and done everything I want to do and forgiveness never entered into it. So um, you feel like you can move on without forgiving someone for their actions? Oh yeah, totally. It's, it's just, for me, it's just a matter of, do you need to be in my life or not? If you don't, you get kicked to the curb. I don't ever see you or talk to you again and it's fine. And if you do, I have to find a way to have a relationship with you. Now, I don't know. Some people might call that forgiveness. But for me, it never entered my head like, I forgive. I forgive him. I forgive. Mm -hmm. No, it wasn't like, you're the father of my kid, so I got to deal with you. Bottom line. Um, it just never had anything to do with forgiveness. What about you, Gabe? Uh, in my opinion, I kind of think that I think it's important to forgive because um, a lot of times when we have when someone has like created this injury or injustice to us <clears throat> like we have a big like a hatred for them almost and um, you know in that moment or as you progress in the future you know that memory of that person is always going to be a part of you if you can never you know let go so like you know and in a in a situation where there's an, a victim and an abuser, those memories, they're never going to, you know, leave. And that person is always going to be, you know, in your life. Um, so, you know, I think forgiving can be important, but it's really hard when you think that person is really undeserving, you know, of it. Um, but I think it, like Jill was kind of saying, it is possible to move on without forgiveness. And, you know, she's, you know, lived a life where she can tolerate this person and live with them because she's the father of their kids. Um, she hasn't necessarily, you know, forgived him to the fullest extent. Um, but, you know, she's able to, you know, move on with your life and function, you know, in a normal way where her, you know, memories of, you know, whatever this person has done to her is not affecting her negatively. Yeah. I think that forgiveness depends on the person. Like I understand in Jill's case where this is someone you're going to have to see consistently throughout your life. So you're going to have to let that action go. I do believe people should still be held accountable for their actions. Like I can, I can forgive you, 
um, even without you apologizing. And I've noticed that in a huge part of my life from like I was holding this huge grudge for my high school and how they treated me. And I saw how that was affecting me and how that was unhealthy. And then I had this huge grudge for my church and I have a, like all of these grudges for all these other people who didn't care that I was holding this grudge. Like the only person it was affecting was me. So I let that go. When I received an apology, did it help? Yes, it helped. But at the end of the day, like these people don't care whether or not I hold this grudge. The only person it affects is me. So I let some things go. And um, another perspective I have of it is that this person might not even know that they affected you this way. So you're holding on to something that they don't even know like they caused this type of pain in your life and you're gonna and you're trying to search for an apology you're never gonna get so I think that there's times when you just have to forgive yourself for holding things as well so that's what I've been practicing is the art of letting go and forgiving without telling people I think it's really interesting oh I'm sorry Gabe I just have to say this real quick before you know you know me I forget it um (laughs) I, I, I think it's really interesting you brought up the point of holding a grudge right and that the only people that are interested in your grudge is you um yeah because that is a factor I think in that instance yes I think that forgiveness plays a huge role um it's funny because I don't hold grudges so I just look at people like they did something and I try to, you guys know me, I'm very analytical. Now, why did that person do that? And da, 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 and I factor stuff out and then I just go, oh, and then, and then I go, well, but they don't need to be a part of my life. So therefore, bye. Um, and so I don't hold grudges. And, and so, but that's interesting that you say that joy because it, because in that instance i could see yes you have to forgiveness is a huge factor i'm sorry gabe go ahead oh i was gonna say speaking of forgetting uh the model that i live by is kind of forgive but never forget um so like someone has done something to me i think you know people kind of mistake you know forgiveness with reconciliation or acceptance of somebody's behavior, but that's not actually the case. Um, You know, you still have these, you know, feelings that you still remember, you know, what this person did and you're not accepting what they did, but you're able to, you know, forgive them in a way um, where you can still, you know, either remove them for your life or it's forgiveness in a way where you forgot about it and it's not, you know, affecting you. So, um, you know, I always kind of, you know, never forget things that maybe people have done, but I, you know, usually always will forgive somebody. Um, and, you know, I think it's important to, you know, talk to people, you know, about what they've, what they've done or what they experienced. And I know you've gone through that, you know, Jill, um, with your ex, you've had long conversations and I kind of want to, you know, hear your perspective of, you know, you being in an abusive relationship, um, you know, what your ex did, like how he asked for forgive- forgiveness and, you know, did you give that type of forgiveness or what did that look like? Um, he didn't ask for forgiveness, but what he did that was better than asking for that was sit down and talk about what he did and how it affected me. That, that for me, 
because it was validation was I couldn't care less about forgiveness at that point. At that point, I, my feelings were validated. My pain was validated. And he continually works on that with me. It's been 10 years now since we started talking again and developing a relationship. Um, and he, we always talk about it. He just left here this weekend with his um, daughter from his um, last marriage. And I'm, I'm very close to all his kids that aren't my biological kids, right? And so we all were talking about it, but he said, I'm trying to be a better man and I have nightmares over what I did to you. Um, and it's, it, it's just very haunting to me. So it's important that we just really talk about it. But forgiveness doesn't ever enter into the conversation I think only because, um, you know, it happened and we're all human beings and we all have um, our faults. And, you know, you have to look at historical trauma, like how he was raised and what, what happened to him to make him the way he was. And it happened. There's no, there's no going back. There's no fixing it by going back. We can only move forward. But when we have these conversations, forgiveness isn't a word that comes up um, because we're all family. We all care about each other. We all love each other. Um, I love all of his kids um, that aren't mine biologically. Um, and so it's not about forgiveness for us. It's about understanding what happened, why it happened, and working through it. Yeah. I think it's uh, the only reason I can see that you guys are able to move past it is because he admitted I did this and this was yeah. wrong yeah. and he's willing to talk about how he went wrong whereas a lot of abusers aren't willing to do that they're not willing to say this is where I went wrong this is where I could have gone better it's usually this is where my victim went wrong this is what how she could have endured the abuse better and um <laughs> so I think that's very important to know is that until your abuser is able to say I'm sorry because I did a c d e f g and not point any of the blame back on you that's the only time you can go ahead and move forward yeah and it made me actually very sad for him um after all these years I mean the abuse ended like I don't know 28 years ago I it's been a long, long time um because our kids are in their 30s so it, I kind of felt bad for him that he's having nightmares over it and his own daughter um not my biological daughter my stepdaughter she was like yeah my dad's talked to me a lot about this and he told me you know it just haunts him um so I felt I felt kind of bad for him if that makes any sense um because I know that he's you know he that's all that abuse is a learned behavior and he and he learned it in his own family unit and um he was a child when a lot of these things happened to him that culminated into the behavior these abusive behaviors and so um I, I just felt because I don't have nightmares over it, 
I don't, I don't, I don't flinch anymore or think about that. I mean, I don't have nightmares over it. I've come to terms with it. Um, but he, he's all this residual pain from what he inflicted on me causes him nightmares. I just, I think that's sad. I find it sad that you can't even find peace in sleep over mm -hmm. what you've done. Um, and I don't know how that's going to change for him. And I don't know when that's going to end for him, but I, I felt kind, I felt, I felt sorry. I felt bad for him, you know, because all that abuse you inflicted on me now, it, you know, it's starting to haunt you. Yeah. It's not haunting me. It's haunting you because I've come to terms with it and dealt with it. Yes. Um, as any victim of abuse, I still have um, residual, um, you know, little, little, little ticks and um, behaviors that, but I know my, I know what those are and I know how to keep those in check for the most part, you know, um, but him, it's, it's just um, pain for him. So He's learning to deal with it now. Yeah, I felt kind of bad for him because I've known him since he was 14 years old. I know the real person he is. I know what I, I know what kind of man and human being he really is deep down inside. And all that behavior, that abusive behavior, isn't it that's not the real him, that toxic masculinity, um, and all that stuff. And I just feel sorry for him that, you know, that that's what happened to you and um now and in your you know i'm 63 he's 63 in your later years 60 in your 60s you want to have nightmares over i i don't have nightmares over it so i just feel bad for him i kind of feel sorry for him if that makes sense um speaking of learned behaviors I think that it's a lot of kids and I'm going to say me, myself, and I have been dealing with this, like learning how to forgive your parents for past mistakes that they have made. Or like if your parents were the ones inflicting abuse upon you, um, how do you move past that? Because you only have like one mom and one dad in your life. And that at the end of the day, that's half of who you are, like how they like raised you and everything that's someone that you're gonna like instinctively love forever and that's hard for you to just go like get away from them and be like I no longer want to be a part of this family I want to be completely removed from this family I feel like that is very hard to do yeah I I, I know I have a friend who has kids well, one kid in particular that is just blames her for every single freaking problem in her life. And the mother has dealt with all of her issues and is trying to be the best person she can be. And the daughter just keeps on reminding her of what, oh, what a horrible childhood I had and what a horrible person you were and all this stuff and blaming it on her and at the end of the day you know you're a grown woman you're a grown woman now yeah we all had joined the club of messed up childhoods 
But at some point, you have to take responsibility for your own life and your own happiness. Mm -hmm. And this person just won't do it and continues to put her mother through all kinds of hell that her mother doesn't need to be going through. I think it's hard at a certain age for you to seek peace with yeah. the mistakes that your parents made while raising you. Cause I had this conversation with my mom and I continue to have it with her. And I'm like, we need to go to therapy to discuss like the past trauma that has been inflicted within this family so that we can move on past this. Like I want to move on just as much as you want to move on. I don't want to like have you be absent in my life, yeah. but I think it's hard when, cause I had to like struggle with my mom for her to be like, for her to just be like, I made a mistake. Like she would not admit the fact that she made mistakes as a parent. And that was the most frustrating part when you're just saying, I feel like this. And she wouldn't acknowledge that she would immediately kind of go into, if I did that, then I'm just a horrible mom. I'm just a horrible mom. I'm saying, and like, that's not even what I said. I just said, yeah. I, I felt neglected. I felt like you could have shown up to my piano recitals more. I felt, and I, and I wanted to know why didn't you? Like, that's what I was trying to get yeah. down to the nitty gritty part of it. And she couldn't say it until I was like, I was like, if at this point, if you're not going to do this, if you don't want to have these conversations and move on past this, then I don't want to be a part of your life. And when she realized that I was serious about it, that's when she's like, you need to realize my story. Then I was like, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to realize where you're coming from and why you like guided us or parented us a certain way so I can come to terms with it and have peace with it. And I think it's hard for a parent to look back and be like, wow, I made these mistakes and now my kids are like suffering with these mistakes that I've made. And that's something she had to come to peace with was um, I made these mistakes and I'm sorry I made these mistakes, but moving forward, I'm gonna not make these mistakes and we can continue to have these conversations so that not only will you heal but i'll heal from it and create that stronger bond yeah. yeah the key the key word that i got from that is the when you were having those conversations is your feelings so no matter what your mom did no matter what actions she did you had these feelings regardless of whether or not it was right or wrong in her eyes so you know as parents it's important for you to just recognize those feelings. You might think that what you did was completely was fine. It was okay. Then that's when those arguments start, start to happen. But you had those feelings that she, you have sadness or, you know, anger for her not coming to your piano recitals or whatever it was. You had those feelings and no matter what the reason was that she didn't attend, you still had those feelings. So just being able to acknowledge that you had those feelings and apologize for making you feel that way. And then, you know, validating those feelings and asking you, what can I do now to improve this relationship? Or what can I do now to make you not have those feelings and make you feel better? Um, and I think that's what's important is not focusing on what is going on, um, but what, what can you, or what happened in the past, but working on what you can do now to prevent those feelings from ever happening again. I think people get lost in, you know, events that happen or why, why you did something or trying to justify whatever you did. But at the end of the day, you caused this person to feel hurt, you caused them to feel pain. And you can't justify that because they have this, you can't change that either. So you really need to, you know, take a look and evaluate, you know, what you can do now and in the future, because people be living in the past and they won't forget like your friend Jill 
she's living in the past. She's not living in the future, not living in the now. And it sounds like the mom is, has she changed or she wants to change? Yeah, the mom has totally changed, turned her life around and has conversations with the daughter about the mistake she made and, you know, explaining how her life was in her own childhood and how that affected her and a lot of different factors that have affected her the way her life went. And, um, and so the daughter, I mean, this is over and over and over again to the point where I'm like, you know, now it's the daughter because I'm close to the daughter too. I haven't said this to the daughter, but I'm like, come on, you're not perfect either. You're a parent and look how you're doing your own child. You know, and how are you going to explain that? You're going to, you're going to be putting the same, you can't have grace enough to understand your own mother's situation. Look what you're doing to your own child, you know? So you, so you're putting yourself above your mother <laughs> and not trying to understand what your mother has gone through and why she had these issues, Right. Mm -hmm. But yet still you're sitting there raising a kid and you're acting, you know, pretty inappropriately with your own kid, but you're not willing to forgive your own mother for what, and granted, you've been through a lot of hell too, but now it's, it's and this is where it becomes intergenerational. Like this just has to stop at some point, you know? And so I, I feel like the daughter needs to find her own path and her own way and her own understanding. Um, but um, she just really needs to, you know, understand her mother's uh, plight and that the fact that her mother has done a 360 and just totally changed her own life and that was not easy. That one was not easy for this mother, you know, um, and, and to realize that we are all human beings. We all make mistakes. We all go through trauma. We all have to process that trauma one way or another. And if you come out on the bright and sunny side after you've processed trauma, that is a win-win and that is hard to do. Um, and so, the mother should be praised for that. And the daughter at some point is going to have to understand that, you know, you were a product of something that the mother didn't, wouldn't wish on you, but you're, but you're raising a child. And when, and sometimes in very, and very messed up situations, when you're raising a child, it's, it's very difficult. I know that from my own experience raising kids in an abusive situation. It's difficult and you make bad decisions. And it just, and, 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 you know, you just have to learn from those decisions and, and do the best you can and move on. Most people don't come out on the other side of that in, in the light. It, it, but this person had done, has done that. And um, yeah, so. And I think it's important for us to practice grace. And I like how Jill stated that none of us are perfect. And I feel like that's something that as kids, we automatically assume our parents are perfect. 
And that's a mistake parents make because I will say for one thing, my mom used to be like, I never used to do this as a child. How can you behave so badly? I was an angel in front of my, in my mom's eyes. And if you talk to my grandma, she's like, no, she wasn't. Like, <laughs> like, And so it doesn't leave room for your kids to make mistakes. And then it also doesn't leave room for your for your kids to be like, okay, if she was an angel, why did she do this? If she was perfect, why did she do this? It doesn't leave enough grace for either or sides. If you expect perfectionism from your parents and you expect perfectionism from your kids. Yeah. I think grace, grace is a huge um, thing that people don't practice and is, is overlooked a lot, you know, having grace. Um, and I, I like grace more than forgiveness. <laughs> You know, being able to have grace. Um, and as, as everyone knows, you guys know, I'm not religious, but I do firmly believe in grace. You know, I, I think it's a very attractive and useful. And uh, it's just, it's just a, um, a, a, a personality trait that when people have it, they are able to overcome quite a bit in their lives. Um, and, and so um, it's just one of those um, personality traits that uh, it's very admirable in people when, mm -hmm. I, when I see it, you know? Um, and I'm not sure I have a lot of grace sometimes, but it's an admirable quality nonetheless. I mean, I fall short with that a lot of times, but at least I know it exists and I, it's something to strive for, you mm -hmm. know? <laughs> so if say like uh donald trump he came out later a few years later and he acknowledged that what he did was wrong and he apologized and you know was sincerely you know he's asking for you know forgiveness do you give someone like that grace um if if it's sincere but as you guys also know about me i I factor things, you know, I, I look at track records and past history and what has proven to be true about you over time. And I happen to think that Donald Trump is a con artist. It has been proven over and over and over again. And I wouldn't believe a word he said. I would want to, but I probably wouldn't because of his own track record. When, when, when I think when people have grace, they understand that they just can't come up and say, you know, forget everything I did because now I'm like this. No, you need to have a better track record so that when you are asking people to um, forgive you or have grace in your situation, that you have a track record to prove it. And he does not have that. I think there's a difference between grace because grace is Donald Trump didn't know what he was doing and we shouldn't expect perfectionism out of him but it's the fact that it would go from okay this is horrible to this is horrendous to this is extremely extremely terrible like he affected the United States and in so many people's lives like are and so many people are still recovering from it today like especially with the um 
the American Asian population. They're suffering from things that he has done in the past four years and they're continuing to suffer from it. Like he released a, a statement and he's like, everyone should thank me for releasing the vaccine and saving us from the China virus. Like even within that, he hasn't learned from what he has done. And a lot of, and I think grace can be practiced when it's like, hey, you shouldn't say this. And he stopped saying it, but that wasn't the case. I feel like he knew what he was doing and we can't practice grace with someone who doesn't want the room to, um, to improve. Right. I, you know what, Joy, that's a good point because, and I'm going to bring up my ex, I'm going to bring up my abuser in that point. That person has shown consistently over time that, that they want to be better that they are trying to be better, that, and, and it's, it's, it's not coming out of your mouth. I see it by your actions. Do you slip every now and then? Yes, you do. But mm-hmm. I see you constantly. When you have a track record like that, then, then yes, you know, after a while, people start to see change. When I see someone doing horrific things, and then just all of a sudden, you want to be forgiven, and you want people to understand and you know no I'm sorry that doesn't happen you should if you really want if you really want forgiveness you'll just keep your mouth shut and you'll just show by your actions over Mm -hmm. time that you have changed exactly I really hate oh I was gonna say I hate like celebrity forgiveness videos that come out right, right after they've done something dumb um or like irrational whatever like they find out on twitter or social media that everybody's so mad at what they said and the next day they'll come out with an apology video and to me like those for the most part seem really insincere and they're just trying to you know save face um but like like i like what you said like i think forgiveness is something that's earned over time and is shown you know through your actions and it's not something that you can expect to be given to you, you know, right away, just because you've apologized or said, sorry. Um, But like over time, if you continue to work towards, you know, like we were talking about um, the heat player who um, said a racial slur towards, you know, the Jewish population, you know, he came out with a forgiveness video, you know, the day after, and he, he was not forgiven yet by, you know, anybody, but if he continues to, you know, seek out help or, continue to learn about you know Jewish history and things like that you know that's it can eventually come to a point where he can be forgiven and he is you know sincerely you know regretful for what he did but you know definitely an earned thing that doesn't happen right away yeah you gotta earn you gotta earn those things you gotta earn forgiveness you have to earn grace from people I don't I don't believe in and people just popping up and going, I'm so sorry, can you forgive me? Yeah, for minor incidences, but if you do something to someone that drastically changes their life or their mental health or their physical health or um, the people around them and you injure people like that, yeah, you gotta wait a while. You, you got some work to do before anybody's trying to forgive you up. Up here. And you shouldn't ask for forgiveness either, just by yeah. That. yeah. I feel like that's manipulative as I well. Do too, Joy. Like, I think 
can you yeah. forgive me? No. Like you just hit me two seconds ago. You want me to forgive you now? Like, no. Yeah. Oh, I punched your lights out. Can you forgive me? And and abusers do that all the time. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's that honeymoon cycle thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, you know, the storm's raging. It's getting ready to be, you know, lightning and thunder in here. And then after lightning and thunder happens, you know, and the honeymoon's over. Uh, now you want me to forgive you and start the honeymoon all over again? Get out of here. No, nope. but that's what abusers do. They do it all the time. Exactly. I'll buy you flowers and let's go out to dinner and I'll buy you a new dress. And, and, and after a while, as a victim, you start looking at that stuff like, what? I don't want that. Get out of here. You mm-hmm. know? You, you know, I'm sitting here with a black eye and you want to buy me a new pair of shoes? Get out of here. Like he said he was sorry. Just because someone says they're sorry does not mean they're sorry. Yeah, uh-uh, uh-uh. And it's, and it's really interesting to me how people's families, fam, the fa- family members of people who are being abused fall for that stuff. Like, oh, look, he's trying to be forgiving to you. You should, you should understand that. You're, you're a married woman. I mean, you know, marriage isn't perfect and all that old stuff. Like, what? No, yeah. get out of here. No. Yeah, it's real interesting to me how many people have families like that, that just um, justify it. Forgive him. You yeah. know, you should forgive him. You know, like we, you know, we were talking about what happens in the church you know like no i don't know uh-uh. yeah i think that's a good point that you just made is just because someone is blood or just because their family doesn't automatically mean that they deserve that forgiveness exactly. and people yeah. expect that oh it's your dad or oh that's your child you just you should just forgive them because you know they're your dad or you know that's your kid but you know at the end of the day that's you know something that has to be earned yeah i don't know i think maybe at one 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 day i'll probably go to my abuser and say you know you know what because i kind of i hate that he's having nightmares like that i might just you know what i forgive you i if that's what you need in my head i'm thinking i wouldn't say this to him but in my head i'm thinking if that's what he needs to stop his nightmares is for me to say that I forgive you, I'm certainly willing to say it, you know, and maybe, maybe that's what he needs because I, you know, this has been years. He's been trying to make amends for what he did. Um, and I see his behaviors changing over time. I can tell he's really trying, but if that would stop his nightmares, I, I, um, I would be willing to tell him, you know what, I, I just hope you don't stop having these nightmares because guess what? I forgive you. Mm-hmm. I forgive you. I, you you are totally forgiven from me. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, forgiveness can't be forced either. Like you can't, oh. like you can't, like I see all the time, you know, kids who um, have a lot of animosity toward their parents and their parents really want that forgiveness and they keep, you know, pushing it like, hey, forgive me, forgive me and trying to change their behaviors. <laughs> And at some point, at the end of the day, you might just have to leave it alone, um, you know, and let them, you know, come to you and say, hey, 
I'm ready to forgive you. I see these behaviors have changed. It's not something that you can, you know, initiate or demand. Yeah. Or demand from people. It's something that someone has to be willing to forgive you. um, And you can't have the expectation that they should, because you feel like your behaviors have changed. It's something that they, you know, are wanting to do. Yeah, I think forgiveness is a is very powerful and it shouldn't be used lightly. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think it should be tossed around like, you know, any old concept or word. I think it's it's it should be very well thought out. Yeah. I think so too. Um, well, this was a really great conversation. Let us know how what you guys think about forgiveness in the comments below. And I just want to make a quick announcement that um, confabulation will not be posted for the next three consecutive weeks. We have teamed up with a podcast by the name of Wrecked and Certified, and you could find them on Facebook. And we will be there doing forms of out- different forms of outreach for our sister's house. And we did three different podcasts. The first one is on domestic violence, and that is with Jill and Gabe, and that will appear April 3rd. The second one is with healthy relationships, and that is with me and Gabe, and that will appear April 17th, I believe. And then the last one is on sex trafficking, and that is with Rena, and that is the week after. I'm definitely mixing up my dates here so we we will definitely remind you guys on Instagram and redirect you guys there and do not forget that our sister's house is a place that provides education advocacy and support for victims of domestic violence and for crime victims as well if you do need help or if you do need that support do not hesitate to reach out to us you can find all of our information at oursistershouse.com and get in contact with an advocate and get the help you need today. Yeah, I just I just want to add our our listeners that listen to us all the time. You're familiar with Rena, and she is very well versed on sex trafficking. She has um, an agency that um, she facilitates called Another Level, um, and so if anyone out there is having any issues or wants help with sex trafficking um contact us and we can get you in in contact with rena exactly she yeah. is amazing and she's an amazing guest speaker so you guys yeah. need to listen. <laughs> yeah i know people who listen to us all the time know rena <laughs> yeah. yeah okay well thank you for joining us at confabulation and we will see you guys on our next episode